New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com Amazing, says some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. Oh, the, 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 the baseball analogy. Oh, the, uh, yeah, come on, I just think uh, with Yaki Dog, I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, f*** you, DT. Wah! Wah! What do you think about that, Kev? Oh, well, uh, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner? And, uh, yeah, um... Uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than What's up, everyone? It is the Don, Tony, Kevin Castle Show for Monday, August 26th, so 2019. I am your host, Kev Castle. Uh, DT is still in uh, post-recovery from his uh, recent surgery. Tell you a little bit more about that in a while. Uh, But right now, guest co-host, the third man, the man, the mish, the legend, Anthony Missionary Thomas. What's up? Uh, Not much, man. Just kind of fucking chilling out. That was a good intro, right? Pretty good intro, right? Yeah, this is a decent raw. I mean, storylines, you know, withholding a little bit. But I was okay with the King of the Ring matches. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get into all that stuff. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we'll get into a bunch of stuff tonight. Not that much news, but like some some stuff we'll we'll go over and some sure. some some Twitter stuff we can talk about if you don't mind, Mish. That we that went on this weekend. <laughs> okay, <laughs> entertain the entertain the. Uh, the Discord here. Um, started off with Sasha Banks promo. What would you think of Sasha Banks promo tonight, Mish? Bland. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ, sometimes can this woman repeat her own name? Like, that's not really a promo to me. I saw people completely marking out saying, oh, it's the greatest promo of all time. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what fucking show are they? It, it, does this translate differently in Spanish? Or something? <laughs> uh, it's just, it, I don't know. She just seems awkward. And I get it. Now that she has blue hair, she's evil. I, I guess blue hair is evil or something like that. But... This the only thing I can't stop thinking about is this shouldn't be Natalia. This should be Bailey. It should yeah. be Sasha and Bailey. 
No, I agree with you. I mean, I mean, well, uh, listen. Do you think they're they're uh, positioning her to be the top girl? She's going to beat Becky. It's it's a given, or you think this is going to be an ongoing feud? Yeah, this is going to be an ongoing feud for a minute. Don't you think? No, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not sure. You know, listen, Sasha's always. What did Becky say last week? The greatest who's never been that great, or something. One of the greatest. Yeah, she said something like that with Sasha. Sasha's always like a day late, a dollar short. I, I don't know. I don't know if Sasha could be the top girl in the company, uh, but they don't really have anybody else. I mean, who else do they have to give Becky that run for her money where you believe that Becky could be beaten? Besides Ronda Rousey, who's right. God, God knows when she's coming back. I'm not sure. The women's division has been suffering a lot creatively for a while now. And, yeah. uh, um, oh, my God, Lacey Evans is off TV, too. So it's not even like she should be. It's not even like she can be, you know, hanging around for that main event stroke. That apparently all these women are getting. I, I don't know. The the women's division feels like it's been off ever since WrestleMania. It, it just doesn't feel like what it was before. I mean, there's there's a lot of other players that aren't around. I'm not going to say Tamina's a player or nothing, but she was a reason I tuned in. <laughs> I know. You, um, have a th- you have a thing for Tamina. Oh, I love Tamina. She's oh, fantastic. Geez. <laughs> and you actually yeah. mean that. Yeah, and you got Nia. Nia's gone. Obviously. Is, is Nia ever coming? Nia is still hurt, uh, according to. Uh, well, she'll be back. I think she's kind of going through some life changes, though, too. Because what did she do? She deleted her Twitter, or, like all of her social media, except for like Instagram or something like that. And all she's doing is pretty much showing like, you know, health, fitness photos. And so I, I think she's kind of going through her own changes, too. Well, I haven't seen her. Is she on some sort of like weight loss campaign? I haven't really seen. I haven't thought about Nia Jax, to be honest with you. I don't. I don't know. I, I hope she's training. I hope she's maybe getting a little bit better and uh, tightening up her technique a little bit, so she doesn't hurt so many people. Two ACL, yeah. t- two ACL tears, according. There to you go. Jade just threw a fucking thing in the chat room. Oh, there, there she is. No, I, I mean she's a good looking yeah, woman. Is. I mean I'm not gonna. She's, she's slimming down. She's definitely slimmed down, or toned up. I should say more than anything. She's toning up, and I, yeah, I, I don't know when she'll be back or if she'll be a factor. Or, or I got to stop looking at this chat room sometimes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it started out with Sasha. I mean, they're positioning her for like a top girl spot. So obviously, open the show is an important thing, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know. I didn't think much of that promo either. Everyone always talks about what a great talker she is. I just don't see it. She was good when she was the boss. I mean, don't you remember some of her NXT promos and stuff like that with the four horse? She was actually pretty decent there. I mean, yeah, but we're like that's five years ago at this point, you know? I think she's completely changed, though. I mean,. People make fun of some of her promos, that Eco Red Rose stuff and everything else. It's just her promos in main roster WWE are completely different than the way she was in NXT. I think there's a comfort level that people lose. It, it just seems that way. You, you'll, you'll, you'll see people in NXT really sore, and you'll watch them and go, why aren't these guys on the main roster? And when they finally get to the main roster, it's like nothing. It's like they're not even the character that they were portraying down in the minor leagues, quote-unquote, you know? That's no, true. Well, you know, you said you enjoyed some of the King of the Ring matches. We'll get into one that took place immediately after the Sasha thing was the Drew versus Ricochet, and Ricochet gets the win. Um, are you surprised Drew uh, jobs out to Ricochet? A little bit, but, I mean, there's so much buzz going around Ricochet right now. I mean, there's a lot of people that think that he's just going to fucking take the whole thing. Really? So, uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised that, you know, Drew didn't make it, but I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if Ricochet is uh, becomes king of the ring. I mean, they're even going on the fact that his old Twitter handle is Rick or King Ricochet, you know, which is from years back, obviously. And stuff yeah, like and next week, what does he got? He gets to face uh, Samoa Joe next week, mm-hmm. right? 
Okay, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about Ricochet. The one guy, and I know DT was on this because he just can envision it, and I agreed with him, is Baron Corbin, who uh, winds up beating them. You know, we'll jump around a little bit. Baron sure. Corbin uh, beat The Miz uh, tonight. And I, I'm just, The Miz as a babyface, I'm so done with this guy. I, just horrible. I can't stand him as a babyface. Uh, Baron Corbin, I can picture him being, the, look, we've talked about this on the show before, him being the king, being obnoxious, really, you know, riling up the crowd and everything i think he's definitely uh king material he, he'll know how to work the gimmick i think a lot better than ricochet would corbin yeah i don't want corbin to win corbin doesn't belong in the king of the ring tournament this guy's already been in the main event just recently you know like he's he's not a guy yet him is there was a bunch of names drew really didn't belong in this tournament whenever you think about the king of the ring tournament you usually think of this is the chance for the winner to break the glass ceiling and these guys, some of these these competitors in there have been beyond the glass ceiling. They've gotten their championships, you know. Yeah. Um, if Corbin wins, Corbin wins. It wouldn't be surprising to me in any way. I'm kind of hoping that it ends up with something like Ricochet versus Andrade or Cedric. You know, it's I, I'd rather see something along those lines where a, a little bit more of the younger talent gets kind of that boost. But I can't be surprised if Corbin is the guy that ends up winning this thing, man. I could just envision Corbin being the king of the ring. I just think it, you know, he, like I said, it'll be an irritation thing that he can promo on the crowd and everything. He'll get the heat for it. And, and obviously they're going to still continue to give him a push. He's not buried by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Right. You know, so I, I'm still thinking it's going to be Corbin. So I'll put my money. I, the king of the ring is not what it used to be. Mish. I mean, you, you can go back and see Steve Austin, triple H, but also yeah, well, God, it's such a simple fucking concept. You take young talent, you take up-and-coming talent, and you put them in a bracket system, and the best wins. The quote-unquote best wins. You know what I mean? It's just it's such a simple concept. It, it's weird that it gets ruined because of the, the, the participants that they put in there and they chose. Because one guy is clearly way above another. You can't imagine that the other guy wins. And I don't know, man. Well, like, you know, it's... Yeah. They, they had top guys win, you know, like I said, who went on to be real top guys. But then again, they had guys like uh, Billy Gunn who won the King of the Ring before. Sure. So Billy Gunn. That's why, well, a guy like, that's why a guy like Corbin can win it. You know, there's been guys who are on the mid-card level who won it before. You, you look at Baron Corbin as a mid-card guy? Uh, you see him as a top guy? Yeah. <laughs> I, do. Really? I, I really do. I, I really? Think, I don't. I see him as a mid-card. He's been in the main event more often than not, especially over the last year alone. But you would know. you say that's by default, pretty much? Who else are they going to put? Well, yo, that's, the, <laughs> that's, that's the question right there. Who else are they going to put? Exactly. Well, they could have chosen somebody else, but they didn't. They kept choosing Baron Corbin. So, Okay. So, yeah. So, Baron uh, beats The Miz. And then he, next week, who does uh, uh, Corbin has to face? Uh, Cedric next week, right? Cedric Alexander? Yeah, right. Okay, what do you think of Cedric Alexander being this thing undeserving or what the fuck or what, what the hell does it bother, matter to you or you just think he shouldn't be in it? They put a good match on. There's yeah. nothing wrong with uh, Alexander being in it. That was a great match with him and uh, Cesaro. Cesaro, yeah, it was. That was fucking fantastic. Both of those guys put on a clinic. I, I was I was more enthused. I was sitting there in the uh, live Discord chat chatting with people and I was just amazed at the fact that these guys are killing each other on a fucking Raw. I was like, good, good for them. That was a good match. Yeah, not yeah, I, I had no problem with him beating Cesaro. It made sense. Yeah, it's too bad Cesaro's got to be the sacrificial lamb. Um, Bailey versus Nikki. Bailey again. Uh, just her popularity is just weaned. Now the crowd kind of sucked tonight. Would you agree with that, Mish? 
Yeah, they weren't really too enthused. I mean, I th- I don't think a lot of them really enjoyed the King of the Ring process. You know what I mean? Like King no. of the Ring is uh, more focused on in-ring action as opposed to storyline. And, you know, and I think that a lot of the crowd there tonight was more intending on the uh, storyline that was going around. And all we really got was Sasha, maybe a little AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, but not too much else, you know. And the whole Bailey thing is kind of going flat anyways because it should be Bailey and Sasha. Once again, going back to the original narrative here, Sasha left the whole Bailey thing on a note. Me and DT actually talked about that last week. They uh, did like a 15-second or a 30-second promo on the WWE Network or on the YouTube channel. Where Bailey's like, I've I've got nothing to say about Sasha. She's she's my former partner, but I've got nothing to say. And I was like, Well, what the fuck is the point? You know, like you should be saying something. You should be saying, What the hell was she doing attacking Natalia? You know, it doesn't make sense. Like they have the 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 branches to make a, a storyline far more creative, and they just pass on them all the time. And this is one of those scenarios that they're just hoping that the fans forget that Sasha and Bailey were a tag team. Right. And speaking of uh, Sasha, Sasha versus Natty. Natty's music comes on. I said it on Twitter. I get all channel changey. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't deal with Natty anymore. She needs to be either a trainer or do something. That, I just, I mean, I guess she can just be used to put people over. But I'm done with Natty. Are you still on the Natty train or is, is she just completely worn out? I'm fine with Natty. But yeah, no, once again, she's being misutilized. She shouldn't be in this feud. This, it, it doesn't make sense for her to be in this feud. It, it came out of nowhere. Once again, this is a creative landmine going on with this because you do have talented, talented women. You know, all these women can wrestle. All these women can cut promos in certain scenarios. All these women should, should be put in different areas. But the whole women's division right now is just falling flat. Yeah, she gets no reaction at all. I mean, it's it's almost it's no, really she doesn't. when she comes she out. Doesn't. No, that music hits. That Bret Hart music hit. At least he got a react. When that hits, it's just like, oh, it's the opposite of Steve Austin, basically. Yeah, but you can't compare Bret to Natty. Come on. Ah, but if you're going to call you, I mean, when she uses that, (laughs) the best there is, best there was tagline that she uses, that's so wrong. It's just for her. It's not working. But uh, that defeats somebody to Sasha. I mean, to show that Sasha has some sort of dominance and that she's deserving of the title shot because she was off for four months and we're not doing anything and just comes back and gets in the title picture. Isn't that wrong, Mish, by nature? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I mean, it's, it, it is because it's not deserved. It doesn't make sense once again. And what'd you think about uh, that hundred man tag team match that they had where everybody in the company was in it? Oh, I missed that one. When did that happen? It was uh, Viking War Raiders versus Luchas Party, Dolphin Rude, the OC. You like Dolphin? Uh, the, the Samoans. Wait, hold on a second. The Killer Bees, oh, British Bulldogs. Uh, who else was in it? Yes. Demolition. Uh, uh, Legion yeah, of Doom. Strike Force was in it. Everybody liked seeing Strike Force again tonight. Uh, I, dude, there was way too many people. I couldn't. Keep I, I thought I saw the Funks in there too. The I funks. think the fu- Jimmy Jack Funk was in there. <laughs> I haven't seen him in years. Uh, who else was in there? I think the Beverly Brothers were in there tonight. Good to the see Beverly that. Brothers. The Beverly Brothers. My Beverly Brothers were in there tonight. Uh, skyscrapers. It, it was. A, it was just off the hook. Uh, War Ra- I, Mesh. Seriously, and my <laughs> aping, a, copying off a Draper statement because I agree, and I was going to write it. My brother was thinking what I was thinking. It's just. Can they ever get this team over, the, the Viking Raiders? Is it just dead in the water for these guys? Uh, Every town, they don't get a reaction. I mean, what are we going to say? Oh, it was Philly. Oh, it was Detroit. Where are oh, they? Canada. Where, where, where were they tonight again, guys? I forgot even what city they were in tonight. Yeah, were if, if, if you were to explain what the War Raiders are, what are they? They're guys who raid with war intention. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> New Orleans. They, they use the war and they raid like war. Like what they are raid? They, they raid the, the they raid the things. They raid stuff. They're nothing though. But that's that's just it. It's like it, they don't even make sense. Like even the idea of the team just doesn't make sense. Yeah, there were New Orleans tonight. Thanks, guys. I mean, again. Yeah, well, you knew that because the street profits uh, walking around with all those beads on their necks. So. Oh, good lord! Yeah, just there was just so many teams. I mean, uh, you know, it was hard to keep up. I was warming up pizza. I didn't know what was going on, but uh, yeah, the, I just I don't know if the fans are just connecting to them as heels or as as uh, baby. But that's fans. what I'm saying. It's it's the the problem isn't the fact that these guys can't wrestle or they couldn't elicit a re- a reaction. Yeah. What the fuck are they? What are they? That we're war raiders. What the fuck does that mean? It's a it's a that's a throwback term. <laughs> back in the day, and uh, you know, in uh, you know, the killer bees at least dress like bumblebees, man. <laughs> it's, uh, I know. You know, it's just I, I don't know. I don't get it. The war raiders. <laughs> what was the name of the killer bees when they put the ma- oh mass confusion? There you go. It was mass confusion. That was awesome. They're sons of a berserker. That's probably the closest to an actual answer. Thank what, you. Son, sons of the berserker. Yeah, they should get John Nord. That when he's not when he's right. not getting arrested. That he should be here uh, managing them. Let's just bring him out. Say, hey, these are my boys. These are my boys. Boys go for that gold, my boys. John Nord, <laughs> who always looks like uh, what's his name, Ogre from uh, the Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> oh my god. But I, but yeah. I, did, I do want to say though, I really do enjoy, and I was I was kind of going back and forth with people about this too. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler make a sensible team. I know it's a tandem tag team, and yeah. everybody's kind of sick of those, you know. But I I like that tag team. They make sense. That's like if you put Mister Perfect and Rick Roode together. And now I'm not really comparing either of those guys, either one of the others. But I'm just saying, if you want to talk about a tandem tag team where people make sense together. Right, a Mr. Right. Perfect's Rick Rude tag team makes sense. A Bobby Rude and a uh, Dolph Ziggler tag team makes sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, they're doing whatever. Ziggler is just whatever they ask of him, he does. I think he's on that do-whatever-we-ask contract. And Bobby Rude, they just, again, they don't know what to do with him either. Um, I guess they can make a decent makeshift tag team, a thrown-together thing. But they did that with Drew McIntyre and uh, Dolph Ziggler, too. Then they make a great tag team, but there was... Uh, did you think Dolph and uh, Drew? Drew were a good tag team? Yeah, it was like the new Sean and Diesel. It was great. Yeah. I didn't bite on that one. I didn't think that that much. You didn't like it? Yeah, no. Were the Conquistadors in the match tonight? They might have been. I, I don't know if I saw them tonight, though. But seeing the B, the B team, I didn't even know the B team was still here, to be honest with you. I didn't even know they were still here. Yeah. Uh, then they did a little little Firefly Funhouse uh, montage. Mish, I know you're a big Firefly Funhouse guy. Sure. Um, nice little catch-up. Yeah, I love Firefly Funhouse. Um, and then, of course, you know nothing, uh, nothing really of note. The main event... Braun versus AJ Styles for the U.S. title. What'd you, what'd you think of this match? And we kind of knew it was going to be a schmaz or something would happen. No one it was. Wondering. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, what do you think about Braun Strowman becoming a title more than just tag team title? But, I mean, what do you think about Braun Strowman actually going for main event titles? Honestly, Mish, I'm, I'm kind of over the guy. I I, I don't know. Really? I, don't, I don't see him in that light anymore that I did because, again, they derailed him too much. And he, they convinced me that he's not world champion. It's, it's you know, the best of a bad situation. Uh, he could barely walk. I mean, even when he walks now, he walks like he's got bad knees. I can't picture him on the circuit, doing the talk show circuit, being the rep. I mean, Rollins is a, he grinds it out. He's a hustler. 
I, I, you know, I don't see Braun being a rep for the company and stuff. I don't think he can, he can go. I don't think he has that kind of go in him. I think he's a short-term champion if he wins it, but he's not over that much. The, the uh, ovations have, have died down a lot for him over the last few months. Well, it's because of the way he's been handled. I mean, this well, guy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't see him. I, I always saw him. I, I compared him to Big John Studd a long time ago, and I'll go back to that to this day. He'll get the wins because of his size and his strength, but I don't think, I don't think he has any charisma at all. None. His interviews are for shit. Um, wow. I, 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 don't, I don't even see him. I don't even see him as intimidating anymore. I don't. I, I mean, it's he's not a, intimidating. It's not like he shrunk, dude. <laughs> no, no, but I don't. I don't see the, the the guys being afraid of him the way the OC handled them and stuff. And you know what I mean? Even the, you know, you got the uh, the OC like just not even afraid of him anymore. I mean, they were bashing his head in last week, right? Um, again, and AJ Styles not afraid of him. So again, that mystique of fear, like you know, almost like the the uh, what was it? Umaga was the only other guy I remember people like being so afraid of. But once he became kind of jokey. I don't know. I mean, if they put the belt on him, what, what is it going to do? I think they might as well keep it on Rollins. I, I think him having the belt would do more bonus points for the belt than it would for Braun. I think Braun is an attraction no matter what. I mean, me and uh, one of the fans of the show, Perk Dog, were talking earlier about that. And he was saying that Braun doesn't need a title. And, and I agree. Guys like Braun don't need a title. And I totally agree that the his character and his sheer size alone is enough to draw people in. But at the same time, where you're saying that people aren't cheering him and he doesn't get the kind of reaction. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying people aren't cheering him. I'm saying it's dumbed down a little bit since, uh, you know, a year ago or whatever. It's died down. Excuse me. Thumbed down. Right. Died right. down. I, I don't know, dude. I, I, I think that that's all creative and that can be fixed. I mean, you're also looking at the same time where we have Bray White come out as the fiend. And now all of a sudden everybody's giving him a second run. Everybody's like, oh, shit, the fiend. And I mean, that's fantastic. That's just kind of proof. Well, it's a, it's a different character on this. It's, 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 a, it's a sharp left turn, you know, from what it's it still was. Bray Wyatt, though. It's the same guy. It's not like he's he's like gained 200 pounds of sheer muscle or nothing. You know what I mean? It's the same guy the difference is is in the package and that package is all creative well are you are you are you saying that if people knew rakishi was the sultan it wouldn't have the same effect well (laughs) i mean but that's that's that though too the sultan didn't get shit no no no, i'm just kidding but listen i remember a good example because the sultan didn't get shit but as rakishi rakishi was too cool he was fucking beloved Oh no! You can you can definitely turn it around. And listen, even back in the day, as soon as I saw the Missing Link debut in 1983 uh, in the Mid South, I was like, "That looks like Dewey Robertson, like who was like a, a journeyman wrestler." I'm like, because he had these big bug eyes, real diesel built. I'm like, "Is that Dewey Robertson?" And then I couldn't find out for about two years until I read it in uh, Dave Meltzer's dirt sheet in the early incarnations of it. But I knew it. I just said that guy looks familiar. When I saw Muda, I'm like, that looks like Kenji Moto from Florida because I had seen him wrestle in Florida when I was down there as the White Ninja. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I think I think that's the job guy, like who's the White Ninja. So again, you can turn it around. Now, granted, they weren't that known, and you know Bray Wyatt was a known character. Actually, was a champion. But I think if you really do a, an about face and get a real, you know, you really tweak your character and you got to tweak it really well, uh, fans will just act like you're a newcomer. You know. Well, let's be honest. The Braun character is a natural heel. He shouldn't be a baby face. He shouldn't be the hero of the people. He's a natural heel. He's big. He's got a voice like a fucking saw. You know, he's he's just evil looking. He's got the sheer size and all of his power moves. I'm just saying the guy is a natural heel. So the fact that they keep pushing him out there as this 
this baby face. It just doesn't make sense. Certain guys absolutely can toe the line, go in between. Seth Rollins is one of those guys that I think functions a little bit better as a face than he does as a heel. Braun Strowman was built to fucking crush people. He really was. He was built to be a bruiser. And so him being a face and not being menacing, not going over the line, because that's the one thing that people liked about Braun when he first came in there. Is the guy was going over the line. He was, he didn't he was just literally beat, murdering people. Literally. Right. He didn't just beat your ass. He beat your ass till the ambulance and then he beat your ass in the ambulance. You know, it's just that's the kind of character that Braun Strowman came out as. So now you're dealing with a character who has that as his background holding back all this time because he's a baby face. It's just uh I, I, I don't see him being a successful baby face. But that doesn't mean that I don't see Braun as being a huge star. I just think that they're not looking at, or it's just not being presented the right way. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Yeah. So that was raw, decent raw overall. Solid, yeah, solid, 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 solid C on a scale of ABC. I'd give it a B. It was great matches, actually. Really? A couple of those matches were a lot of fun. Uh, Storyline wise, though, no. The stories are crap right now. But I'm okay with the King of the Ring tournament. I've always enjoyed the King of the Ring tournament. Even though I disagree with some of the participants in the King of the Ring tournament, I still think yeah. overall it's a great concept. You know, it's simple and it's fucking easy and it's fun to watch. So not too bad of a raw tonight. Uh, well, let me plug some new and returning Patreons, patrons, uh, Dave, Chris Silva, Christopher Antonio Silva, Preet Nahal Sandhu, uh, and also shout out some of our associate producers. Uh, we'll shout out a few now and then a few later. TC Ticey Bowers, Seth Washington, G unit, Jay Gambino, uh, Nick McLeod, Vic Condor, Garcia Akane, CM Black Pixels, Jacob Esten, Michael John Buchanan, Stell, Derek Brewer, Johnny Stewart, Johnny Mar- Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, Tony, Chris Harris, Keith Doherty, John Krauser, Roger Rubio, Fatty316, Stan the Man Loudon, and Don Tony's political advisor. Thank you, guys, and we'll shout out a bunch more of you a little bit later on in the show. Yeah. And actually, Mish, want to plug uh, something for our our buddy uh, John Krauser, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, please. Yeah, John uh, Krauser uh, is doing uh, this uh, a time traveler, mu- a mu- magician, and a stand-up comedian, all in one jam-packed show. Johnny brings three of the most unique personalities onto one stage and for one night only. Um, it's on Sunday. What is it? September first at seven thirty. Uh, tickets are ten dollars. Eight dollars for college student with valid ID, and five with uh, being a training center student. Google Johnny and Friends Second City, and the first link that comes up is his show. That's once again Google Johnny and Friends Second City. So is that that far from you, Mish? By the way, no, no, it's not too far away from Second City. Is that in the? Is that in the? What part of the city is that? It's outside of the city. It's outside. Oh, it's outside of the city. Okay. Where is the uh, all in, all out is at Sears Center? How far is that? That's at uh, Hoffman Estates. Um, I mean, to give you a little bit of premise, it's about uh, 15 minutes away from the Allstate Arena. So if you're familiar with the Allstate, it's like 15 minutes uh, on 90 going west. So, 15 minutes on 90 going west? Okay. So what do you want to get into? Tonight? Like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I mean, it, it's close enough to the city. Um, <laughs> you're not going to be able to get public transportation. Like, if you're if you're a city person or you're flying into Chicago or whatever else like that, you're not getting there on a CTA. You're not getting there on a metro. I don't believe you're getting there on a metro. 
You know what I mean? Like you, you'll be able to get there through like a pace, which is like there's CTA, which is the city transportation. And then there's pace, which is like all this, these buses outside the suburbs. I'm pretty sure pace goes there, but that's like another hour of driving on that bus. But no, for the most part, it's just easier. If, if you're landing in O'Hare or if you're fucking around all state, you know, from the blue line and shit like that over by O'Hare, uh, you just, just grab an Uber or something. I'll get you there fast. So just grab an Uber. Are you going uh, this year, Mish? Are you going down, down to AEW? Mm, still undecided. We'll see. It's we'll see. Of- because from what I understand, that this might be the very last StarCast. So, you know. I want to get into that. <laughs> Do you want me to? Do yeah. yeah, let's get into that. Why not? Oh. I mean, listen, I, I saw what was going on. Um, and like I said, I these are a- all our, these are all our own opinions. You know, yeah. I'm no one speaking for Don Tony or anything. I'm speaking for myself. Misha's speaking for himself. And we're not going to slam anybody here, but just give uh, our no, thoughts. I'm not, on gonna, I'm not even going to slam, dude. Look, I just had a little bit of a fucking meltdown. I saw some shit where where uh, Conrad, obviously the guy that works Starcast, mm-hmm. was saying some shit, saying that podcasting is dead. For the most part, like the golden age of podcasts and rest right, right. of podcasts is over. And I thought that here's a guy who's only been working with as, as a podcast host for a few years. Three years. Like, the audacity. Yeah. The audacity to sit there and say something like that at three years is kind of a joke, especially when you think about you guys that have done 20 years. Me and Joe and John were working on 10 years here. You know, it's like you've you've done three years and you're already ready to wipe your hands with it. And I don't even want to get into the fact of podcast row and how much money he's made on the backs of other people and stuff like that. So it was just a very audacious statement and I kind of lost my fucking cool about it because I kind of take podcasting seriously. Look, I, I know I'm not the greatest on air host. OK, I know that there's people that are far more charismatic than I will ever be. But as far as the technical side of things, I've always very much cared about podcasting. I've always done my best in order to help out as many people that even want to start a podcast as possible, whether it's just advice or pointing somebody in a direction or, or just even naming off programs that people want to edit with. I'll, I, I, that's just me, though. That's just the way I've always felt about it. I felt that podcasting was the future you know, of broadcasting. It's kind of interesting now because his whole thing is that, well, there's no money to be made in podcasting. There's far more advertisers now for podcasters than ever before. Dude, Don Tony and you, Kevin Castle, and of course, Wrestling Soup, there was no such thing as Patreon a few years ago. Right. No such thing. We weren't getting a fucking penny. We were just doing it on our own backs out of our own wallets because... That's the reality. We busted our ass and we did it pro bono. There was no fucking money attached to that. And then, of course, with the advertisers, that's a whole new medium. Advertisers, they didn't even exist for us until like literally this year and last year. Yeah. And not only that, radio stations are picking up podcasts now to fill in those slots. They're, 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 it's, it's the audacity of saying it's dead or it's dying is just fucking stupid. It's because, in my opinion, he can't, you know, cherry pick the bones of what he thinks is the podcasting world as as well as he used to. And and I, it's also, and let's not, you know, beat around the bush here too. This was also on the same day that WWE announced that they're they're going to have their own podcasting network. Well, I was going to ask you: is that a direct correlation to why he said what he said? Sure, you of course, of course it is. Oh, it's it. Oh, WWE wants to get in the podcasting game. Well, it's dead now. No, it's not. So what? There's more podcasts out there. You know what draws people to listen to your podcast? The fact that they you, you either piss them off so much that they want to disagree with you at all times, right. you entertain them, or you're just good at it. That's it. Nobody forces anybody to listen to our shit 
by, you know, by gunpoint. Oh, you know, it's just, I don't know, dude. It's, and it's good. It's good if you can combine everything, be entertaining, informative, and and personable. You know, I mean, podcasting is so much easier now. Holy shit! If you go back to two thousand six, two thousand seven, well, two thousand five, two thousand six, when I started, it was it was insane. It was insane the amount of lengths that I had to go to in order to finagle a way to get a broadcast out there for other people to listen to live. Once upon a time, DT actually had, he was running his ice, I think it was shoutcast and icecast servers. And he was paying people upwards of 400 bucks a month just to broadcast to like 500 people. And that was only because this was the only technology out there. Now you can broadcast for free. You can get hosting for free. A lot of these places like Anchor FM is the newest one right now that they actually, and this isn't a plug for them, but it is, you know, you can pretty much start a podcast right through Anchor FM and they take care of everything for you. And they even get you monetized. They just take a bigger cut. That's probably how it works. You know, like it's just, it's just a really audacious and stupid thing to say. Podcasting is so much simpler for the everyman now that everyone can do it. Well, listen, the, the, if he could have said something different, like if he could have said, it's a very overcrowded field now, and you know how that works, Mish, it weeds itself out. The ones that are good will stick around. The ones that are not ready for it will just fade away. Uh, and, and also sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. It depends who you hook up with. It reminds me of bands when they had a mass signing of bands 20 years ago. Now nobody gets signed anymore. Everything's independent and DIY. Um, it, it, it all depends. I mean, uh, again, uh, you build up a fan base. It takes a long time. I mean, people write to DT, write to me, write to you all the time and ask, oh, I'm starting up a podcast. What's your best advice? Build a fan base. <laughs> you know, that's the first and foremost. And and good luck doing that because there's so yes, many podcasts, you know. That wouldn't even, just enjoy it. That's that's my advice. Well, you know, enjoy it. But I'm, there's, for success, what's or to have any kind of name or note in this foothold in this fucking industry. You know, it's it's longevity it's uh, you can't just come out the box now conrad did but he had one up on everybody oh. else he had in he had insider right. stuff for wrestling and he, he paid had people on yes he, he did a lot of people he did we, we don't know what the figures are and i mean my god the guy ended up marrying rick flair's daughter i mean i that's unbelievable to me right. i don't you know how this all came about he's at rick flair's wedding he's hobnobbing with the undertaker and his wife you know, none of us are doing that. But then again, that's not really what a lot of us inspired to do. We just wanted to talk about wrestling. You know, we'd love to meet The Undertaker and hang out with him at a pool hall or something. But, you know, that's not what it is for us. But, uh, again, we all we all do this. For, there's one thing we all have in common, and I would hope that Conrad has the same thing in common with us, is we all love wrestling. You know, would, would you dispute that? Would you dispute that the man at least loves wrestling? I think he, I think he loves money. But do you think, he love, do you think he's knowledgeable of sport or he's a good researcher? I think he loves money more than he loves wrestling. That's right. what I'm going to say. Well, he does all these old school shows. That's what I'm saying. And admittedly, admittedly, he says he didn't start watching wrestling till the 90s. Right. You know? So, again, a good researcher, I guess. Um, it's better to read about it than live it. But uh, I think you're right. Well, you're, there might be a little cherry, bit. you're trying to cherry coat this. And I understand the reason. No, no, why. no, no, no. I'm not cherry coating it. I'm saying that <sighs> I can't. Listen. I can't really, I can't figure exactly out how he pulled it off is what I'm saying. I think, I don't think it's that money, money you, you spend money to make money. That's a fact. That's not even in podcasting. That's in life. That's in any business. You spend money to make money. He yeah, spent yeah. money and he in turn made more money from it. Some of his, his decisions, I question the ethics of them. Some of the ideas that he's had in podcasting, I question the ethics of them. 
But overall, did he make money? Absolutely. I wouldn't say that he didn't if it wasn't true. You know, I, I but to 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 lay down this this blanket statement that, you know, the good times are over is bullshit. Oh, I, a, saw, I saw the I said uh, Jadis has shown me the uh, belt with Conrad's picture on sure. it. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, again, I initially enjoyed the show. It got a little bit too much for me after a while. Uh, I'll say this much. It's interesting that Tony Schiavone, Eric Bischoff, oh, Bruce, yeah. Bruce Pritchard, and who's the other one? That all, um, that, uh, Bischoff? yeah, Bischoff, Pritchard, uh, Tony Schiavone, all guys that he kind of plucked yeah. out and did a podcast and teamed up with them. They've all gone on to greater things, haven't they, Mish? Coincidence? Maybe. I mean, yes and no. Obviously, you know, Tony Giovanni kind of got rose from the dead, and now all of a sudden he's working for AEW, so good for him. You know, yeah. he dusted off his casket pretty well, you know. Um, yeah, it dusted just, off his casket. I like that. You know, whatever, you know. I mean, Bruce Pritchard, the same thing. He's back with WWE. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me that these guys, you know, know their sport. I, I would never question that. I'm just saying, as far as it comes to podcasting, to make that kind of statement, I completely disagree with it. That's the reality. I'm, I'm not talking about, I, I wouldn't downplay any of these guys as to what they know about wrestling, with the exception of Conrad. You know, And, and the only reason I'm pretty much anti-Conrad is because I think that he's just taking a giant shit on the entire industry as a whole. And he hasn't done anything better. He hasn't helped anyone. He's taken people's money under the guise of helping them. You know, that's, it is what it is. You know, it's if you want to do something right by the podcasting industry, if you want to call it that, or press or journalism, however you want to classify this as, then do something for them. Don't make it seem like everything is behind a paywall. Don't do not do something nice as long as they pay you for it. You know, it's just, it's, it's garbage, dude. Oh, no, and even the golden era of uh, podcasting, and as you remember, uh, they talked about, uh, there was a Rolling Stone article a few years ago, cheap plug for me and Don Tony, sure. uh, who were in that with Solo Monster and a couple of our other friends uh, back then. Uh, and I think the article was called The Golden Age, uh, you know, what podcast you should listen to or need to hear or whatever. And that was, uh, I believe, three years ago. If I'm in, if I'm correct, someone correct me if I'm wrong. It was 2016, I think. But even then, I was like golden era. And I remember even saying to myself, is it the golden age of podcasting? I mean, what? I mean, again, it's not grunge music. You know, it's not hair metal. I said in a tweet, I think uh, podcasting is not a, a time in pop culture. You know what I mean? I think it's it's just something that's been around a long time, and obviously it's evolving. Right. Well, it's going to continue to evolve. You know. Yeah, it'll continue to evolve. But don't you? But do you agree with? He didn't say this. I'm saying this. Much. One thing you'll say is: Is it a massively overcrowded field for professional wrestling? No. Uh, as far as well, podcasting goes, there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there. But I mean, how do you dictate what's overcrowded when podcasting? <laughs> Meaning, there's a lot. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it can be done by anyone. True. If every single if if every single person on that Nielsen rating for Monday Night Raw did a podcast, would it be considered overcrowded? That you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with people having opinions. We oh have no, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not being. I'm not anti anything. If anything, I've embraced other podcasters over the years. I mean, who who's I've uh, you know given plugs and props where I was a guy who completely ignored other podcasts four or five years ago. In the last three years, I've embraced a majority of them, became friends with some of them, sure. shout them out, have no problem, don't feel threatened by anybody. If anything, I feel like it's kind of uh, one big dysfunctional family at times, but um, some guys are really good. Some guys 
don't have a voice for radio. Some I don't guys, know. Look, some guys have the knowledge but don't have the personality. I think you know it's it's all uh you know it's all what you can do. It's all what you can uh, what you can bring to a show. Think of it like this: people dictate what's overcrowding or not. Right. So while you're saying that it might be overcrowded, and Conrad might be saying it's overcrowded. Oh no! I the, think Connor Connor said I said that. If 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 the podcast isn't good, no one will listen to it. Right. I, no. Once again, nobody forces anybody to listen to these shows. No, if the not podcast at all. isn't good, we we tried to remember when we tried to force people. Mission. They said oh, no. Yeah, of course. But that's what I'm saying. Is like if if it's not good, people won't listen. If it is good, it'll start to garner a fucking following, and then from a following, it'll get bigger and bigger from there. And if you're really good, then you fucking you expand that following even more so. But to sit there and say that you that there should be like a limited number of podcasts or even the idea that it should be like purged, you know, it's just it's ridiculous. Let everybody do a fucking podcast. I don't care. If you're good at it or if we have I'm sure there's diamonds in the roughs out there that haven't even started a podcast yet. You know, there's uh, there's a few of them out there, actually, Uh, like every day. You know, I'm sure you get it too, Mish, in your inbox or whatever. Hey, check out this show. It's new. In my in my experience, in my 16 years of broadcasting experience from radio or podcasting or whatever have you, mm-hmm. the one thing that should make everybody happy, or at least from my stance, is when another podcast does better than you. It should. It really should. When somebody else can pass you up and they remember you on the way up. That's all it is. Dude, right now I've converted. Okay, and here's something else I've done, and I might as well just talk about it here on DTKC as well. Okay. Wrestling Soup, uh, our .com name, for the longest time was just pretty much just shows of Wrestling Soup and a couple other shows. I've opened up the doors recently to bro- or to promote everybody's show. Everybody and anybody. This is, this is just one of the things that I think should be done. Look, people are familiar with Wrestling Soup. Some people are. Some people have no fucking clue who we are. Fine either way. But I've taken other shows that don't have that kind of exposure on any level. And I said, yeah, hey, give me your show. Give me your RSS feed. Give me a logo. And I'll put it up there. And anytime you guys do an episode, it'll automatically pop up on our website. Nice, and so nice. people that are looking for a wrestling show can easily go to WrestlingSoup.com and they have a plethora to choose from. And that's all it's going to be from now on. I, I'm, I'm done with just the self-promotion stuff. I'm trying to expose it to a different level because that's what I like to do. You know, like in reality, when you talk about on-air hosts and stuff like that, you and DT and Joey and John, you guys are front men. You guys are stage guys. You guys can go out there and just be comfortable and talk on uh, on well, any. So you do. Topic. You're a total leader. I, I'm I'm a different class. You know, my my whole thing is I I would love to get nerdy with people about podcasting. But that's not really great to do on a wrestling podcast. I could sit there and talk about, oh my god, I got a new VFT plugin for my Adobe Audition, guys. <laughs> you know, like, but nobody's, everybody's going like, what the fuck is Mitch talking about? I don't know. It's fucking Mitch, you know. So, oh, oh, oh by the way, Mitch, I got the keyboard today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. My 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 landlord's uh, seven year old said, "This is for you," and I thought you gave me a gift. Yeah, <laughs> And I'm like, oh shit, I know what this is. Yeah, you told me you wanted a fucking keyboard. I'm like, here, yeah. get a keyboard. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, but it was funny. My Layla's, I thought my Layla's daughter was giving me a gift. Right. But she found and, out, I, and, so and Jade, is you're right. I'm not trying to turn into like, you know, that's talking right. about podcasting too long, but this was the thing that happened over the weekend. And I, I did. I fucking flipped out. I said some shit I probably should know. But I mean, if you go on, even in my social media history, I'm not a guy that wishes harm on anybody. But he, I don't know, this dude triggers me. 
He, he completely triggered. Yeah, I, I, I saw that comment. I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Right. That's not but This guy handles the button. So. Oh, okay. But, uh, one more question about that, though. Have you ever actually had a confrontation with him? No, not yet. Okay. I was wondering if he's like, oh, enough of this. I'm going to write to this guy. That's yeah. why I'm still wondering, you know, if I'm going to go to StarCast or not. Because I've gotten a couple of invitations. I even have a, a couple of friends that are like, dude, we'll go. We'll film the whole fucking thing. You could meet up with fucking Conrad and tell him that shit to his face. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, I'm like, man, I, I love you guys, but I don't know if I want to get to this fucking level where I'm like sticking my finger in his face or nothing. You know, it's like, oh, it's not, it's not serious on that level. You know, I look at him, yeah. I look at him as an unethical person, but I'm not going to, what, what do people want me to do? Fight him? Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's yeah. Not over the top. Yeah, it's yeah, a little over like the top. So. Plus, don't get arrested on a Saturday. You won't get out till Monday. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. See? There yeah. you go. See, I know some stuff. No, but um, I mean, the reality is, is, is podcasting is difficult work, but it's nowhere near as difficult as it used to be. And there's so many more bonuses now to doing podcasting, especially as a wrestling podcaster. Look, here's the other thing, too, that I really disagreed with. The idea that wrestling podcasting is dead it's really dumb because isn't AEW coming out with a brand new show? Isn't NXT coming out with a brand new show? Isn't the NWA coming out with a brand new show? Isn't WOW doing another season? Matter of fact, uh, myself and Lee Sanders from the RCWR show are going to be uh, interviewing David McClain probably this Friday, which is going to be fucking fantastic and Selena Majors. So oh, nice. there's, I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, impact still kick around. Isn't MLW still doing things like there's a lot of new shit popping up. Aren't there two major documentary seasons coming up on vice TV, like death of the territories kind of stuff that they're going to do again, which cause the first seasons were well, great. Yeah. yeah they're also Tony. doing that. They were, they were also doing another dark side of the ring. You know, they've right. That's what I'm saying. Like all this stuff is coming up. That's pro that's pro pro wrestling. There's a lot more talk surrounding it. The new move to Fox is going to expand that out to a different level. Mm-hmm. And and you think that wrestling podcasts are now dying? Dude, if anything, there's going to be so many more people popping up because of this shit. There is so much positive media around the corner. Yes. Have we had a dry, dry five or six years? Has it been hard sometimes? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But is there a wrestling boom? I mean, look, I'm not going to sit there and quote Jeff Jarrett on that. But if there was ever a time to sit there and make such a claim, now might be that time. There's a lot of changes in the air right now, for better or worse. But as far as a podcaster, as far as a wrestling fan, this is the time. This is the fucking time. Like, hey, Breed, now is the time. Sure. Um, oh, I wouldn't go as far as talking about Total Divas there, uh, Dahak. Oh, so yeah. Total, 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 total Divas. I got a little plug for Total Divas. Hold on a second. Oddly enough. Sure, I think I said, and I got, we got some very exciting news today, Mish. I don't know if you saw the documentary oh, that's going to be coming out. What, what, what documentary is that there, Kevin? Well, hold on. Let's, let's plug the Total Divas premiere. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> WWE Total Divas, Total Divas premieres Wednesday, October 2nd at 10 p.m. Uh, with a season uh, more personal and a lot of action-packed more than ever. This is the promo. Uh, Natalia, Naomi, Nia Jackson, that crazy Carmella, Mish, are all returning. All those characters, those wacky girls that you love, Mish. Uh, and joining the cast will be Ronda Rousey and your uh, new fave, Sonya Deville. They're headed to season nine. Sonya Deville is fine. I really don't know much about her personal life and how she handles herself. I imagine she'll be an interesting character. Uh, I don't know. If I, know I know she likes chicks. 
Well, that's what I'm going to say. I, I, I don't know if they're going to focus on that. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a no, little bit of nod towards her personal sex life. But uh, Ronda Rousey is actually a little bit surprising. I'm not sure if it's, this is a good move for her because yeah. Ronda Rousey's mystique is one of the things that have drawn a lot of people into watching her into WWE. And if you're going to throw her on a, a shitty reality show, because <laughs> let's be honest, it's a shitty reality show. If you're going to expose her on that, I just, ah, I'm not a big fan of it. Like Ronda Rousey has her own videos. She has her own YouTube up and stuff like that. She's had some great videos of her with her husband, you know, just, be, you know, being uh, cutesy and stuff together that were great. And she has like interesting back and forth videos, but I, I just, I don't know if I want to see her exposed on the level of what WWE total divas would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the mystique is, uh, is uh, yeah. You got to keep her, uh, got to keep her strong. Right. Mesh? Right, right. Keep her strong. But, uh, a lot of, ma- a lot of weddings, a lot of wedding bells. You got to give some congrats. <laughs> shout outs, uh, last few days. Yes, Finn Balor got, got married. Finn Balor, Finn, Finn Balor got married. Uh, Who's the lucky guy? <laughs> no, 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 no. He married. Uh, he no, no. Finn Balor this past weekend married Fox Sports host Veronica Rodriguez, oh. who's been dating for just about a little less than a year. Nice. But uh, supposedly Finn was head over heels, couldn't wait to get married, and is very happy currently. And I believe the wife is as well. So congratulations I, I, to that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was, did she get married at gunpoint? I mean, <laughs> she get married to, they got married in some sort of jungle setting. Finn put something uh, of a of a um, um, like a distant shot of him getting married in some sort of jungle thing in some sort of ceremony. I don't know if it was an actual jungle, but it looked like some sort of Hawaiian jungle or island jungle. Uh, it was a distant shot and of him saying I do's with his bride, but it was a far distant shot. It was on his Instagram. You can check it out now. It's on right. Finn's uh, Instagram currently. Also, more wedding bells. Uh, an AEW superstar. This is the way it was posted, by the way. Married a WWE superstar. And I'm like, who the fuck is a superstar in AEW? Um, well, uh, Peyton Royce married AEW star Sean Spears. They got yes. married uh, this past weekend. Uh, congratulations to the two. Uh, Apollo Crews was the one who first revealed it, and then they came out. Apollo Crews was on Twitter saying, congratulations to my good friends, Peyton Royce, and the Perfect Ten on their wedding. So happy for you guys. And then it went from there. So Apollo was the one who broke the story. So should we give him credit for that, Mitch? I guess. Uh, but, yeah, Peyton, Roy- Peyton Royce, we all got to agree, you know, Iconics, whatever. But Peyton Royce, that's a good-looking woman. Sure, sure. Good-looking lady. And so Sean Spears and her uh, getting married. Sean Spears having a career resurgence in another uh, promotion. So he's quite the lucky man, would you say? Yeah, I I do like uh, Ty. Oh, you like him? Yeah, I always did. I I know Joe and John bust my balls about it, but I don't know. I thought the guy was interesting. So I I hope he has a good career in AEW. He's one of the few people I'm rooting for. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So congratulations to uh, Finn and to Peyton and Hope for a long, long uh, run. And, of course, uh, as we know a few days ago, did you guys talk about it on the Soup uh, Mission on Thursday? Well, the story broke the day after, I believe, with us. Or did it like that day? Seth Rollins? No, and it broke on Thursday. Day. Yeah, no, yeah. we had a little, a little snippet towards the end of the show, yes. So we don't, there's no uh, date set, I believe, for that. Um, but, yeah, again, it looks like, uh, you know, it's, it's so rampant right now. It's like every five seconds you turn around, uh, two wrestlers are getting married. Right. Love is in the air. Kat. Love is in the air. And speaking of love is in the good segue, Mish, the man who sang the hit song, I'm in love with me. Uh, Mish, you ever hear that song? I'm in love with me. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Exotic Adrian Street 
Uh, they're doing. The, I'm so. I mean, I'm really, guys. I'm really happy. You know, I'm like into like these old school territorial wrestlers. WWE Network is airing a documentary about the UK legend and, and also Memphis Championship Wrestling. He was very famous in Memphis during the time Andy Kaufman was around. Um, so you guys might remember him, Exotic Adrian Street. He was the precursor for gimmicks like Adorable Adrian Adonis and all those kind of gimmicks that came down the line. Adrian Street is the original. Now you could say, Kev, what about Gorgeous George? Yes, Gorgeous George, that, that is true. But Adrian Street was was up there. Very underrated. Uh, with Miss Linda, one of the first uh, female valets, and in real life they were married because uh, there was always a question if Adrian Street was a homosexual. He was not. It was a total act. But he pulled it off so well, Mitch, that everybody thought he was gay. Uh, and, uh, Miss Linda didn't have a lot to say. She was more of a kind of a side piece, uh, you know, managed his career on the side, but they're doing a documentary on the two of them. Um, and it's going to follow, uh, NXT's UK takeover. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, do you know anything about Adrian street? No, I'm not sure. You just know the name pretty much. So well, I've seen a few matches know. over the years, absolutely. But no, I'm not as familiar with them as you are. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he did. Draper uh, me, used to rent this video of Memphis wrestling and he used to, I mean, <laughs> he's, I mean, it was the really uh, a bizarre video. It's called I'm in love with me. And I'm sure it's on YouTube and you could find it. We, I think me and DT talked about it years ago, but he was a real like androgynous character. Like I said, he had everybody fooled, but he was a real good worker in the ring. Talk about a shooter. He was a total shooter. Gorgeous yeah. George wasn't a shooter. This guy was. This guy was like Lou Fez with makeup. Okay, so picture that. Uh, and he was in Florida Championship Wrestling, NWA, Mid-Atlantic, mostly known for his stints in Memphis, going against guys like Jerry Lawler. He was there when uh, Andy Kaufman was doing his thing. Memphis Territory was on fire, 83, 84. Right. Um, but <clears throat> got most of his uh, accolades in Europe. And I understand he was recently, uh, and they're going to show it on the video, where he was teaching a class, uh, the NXT class in the UK, and he got overwhelmed with emotion of seeing the new talent and everything. It's a great interview with him. And he's a real uh, hell of a guy. I've seen him interviewed by several people over the years. So uh, be on the lookout for that. It follows NXT's UK takeover. Very nice. Jade has actually put the video up in the uh, chat room there. So. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really good. And I'm glad to see him alive and well and, and doing well. Uh, and he's got to be in his 70s now, by the way. So he's an older man. Uh, Mitch, you see the picture of Edge uh, looking ripped to shreds. Actually. Yeah, he's gotten big, huh? Yeah. And, uh, you speculation know, going on this one. Are people believing that he's going to step back into the ring? Uh, you listen, I think he caught the bug when he did that uh, spear on uh, who did he spear at? Uh, what was it SummerSlam? When did he go in there? Who did he spear? He's 78, by the way. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, chat side forum. 78, Adrian Street. Wow. Uh, who did he spear when he went? Why? Oh, Elias. 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 Um, but here's the thing. Is he going to be, would he be cleared, you think? And I think we talked about, I talked about this a little bit with DT about a week or so ago. Uh, you think Edge would get cleared, Mish? In today's day and age, they want to be careful with next fused and concussion I syndrome. I, I really don't know. I mean, it, he wouldn't be the first guy that came back from an, a, a believed irreparable injury. I mean, look at all the, the, you know, hubbub that was surrounding Daniel Bryan, and he's doing just fine. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Because I don't think has his, you know, uh, I mean, obviously his hospital records were never made public, but, you know, it was pretty much led to to believe that he was going to be able to wrestle because he had so many neck and spinal injuries that it just wasn't possible. But at the same time with, you know, uh, medical advancements and everything else like that, who knows? I mean, I, I can't see him coming back to the ring and doing a regular career run like 300 days a year. 
No. But if if this guy gets fixed up to the point to have a match here or there, I I I don't know. That speculation is just too wide. There's too many unknowns about it. You know. Well, he he had. Uh, like a paragraph and a half, I'll read it for what he said, why he did that. Cause he's not a picture type of guy or a selfie guy. He said, okay, here it goes. Looks like I'm diving headfirst into the ocean of cheesy gym selfies. No toe dipping here. Uh, yikes. However, I decided to do this to best explain the past year and maybe give someone some incentive. Last fall, we lost my mom. As you know, Edge's mom passed away uh, last year. Uh, along with uh, his father-in-law, John, who was Beth's father. They died back to back, both their parents. That, that must have been real rough. Uh, within a two-month period, he said, I didn't fully grasp the emotional fallout until I looked in the mirror one day, and I didn't like what I saw at all. I stopped training. I stopped dieting to a huge degree. I just stopped living like me, living in the present, stuck in that past. I was obviously in mourning, but I came to the conclusion my mom and John would want this for me. And then I look at my girls and realize if I want to be around for them, I need to get off my rapidly expanding butt and get to work and get healthy again. I reached out to Nutrition Solutions and got my diet dialed in. I can't say enough about this company. They're amazing. And this isn't a paid endorsement. Uh, then I started putting in the sweat equity slowly but surely. I started coming out of the funk that I was in. I was less, less lethargic. I started feeling vibrant, vital, happy like the old me which made me a better dad and a better partner, just a better person, period. I used every excuse I could to stay stuck, injuries and everything I had already outlined, but the only way I got unstuck was just to get moving. So if this reaches even one person out there who may feel stuck right now, just know you're not alone and you can change it. That's nice. Oh, dude, uh, I feel stuck all the time. I mean, me too. Nice. I feel stuck all the time. I'm actually going to read that again and maybe get inspired by, by Edge. And, and it's true. If uh, deaths and stuff and back-to-back tragedies can really put you in a rut and, you know, mind fuck you. And again, it, everyone's different, but even it affected Edge. He talked about putting on a lot of weight and uh, not liking what he looked like in the mirror, avoiding Fine. looking in mirrors. And Edge looked pretty good, even heavy. So there's a guy who, like, didn't like what he saw and he wasn't that bad. So you can imagine other people. But that's that's cool that Edge put that out there for his fans. He's not a real social media guy. You've known that about him over the right. years, right, Mish? So, uh, yeah, he didn't put it up to show off or anything. He just wanted to show what he was doing to change himself. So, No, he probably feels better. I mean, he obviously said so, but he's yeah. feeling better than he has in years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while at the same time he's not a social media guy, he's probably proud of what he's done. Oh, he's sure. probably hoping that somebody else looks at him and goes, hey, look, you guys saw me. You guys know I'm all fucked up, and I can still look like this. I can still help my, my myself and make myself look like this. So, you know, good for him. Nice positive message among a, a few positive messages that happened this week, too. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, something not so positive. I want to run, get your opinion oh, on See, that. I thought you were going to go with the Enzo story. Oh. I'll go with the Enzo story next, but I wanted to get your opinion on on, on the ever uh, on the continuing declining uh, attendance across the boards, across the states for Ring of Honor shows. Uh, they are going to places where they previously were drawing eight, 900, 1,000 and are on the average drawing three to 400. Um it happened again, actually, recently in uh, Nashville. They ended up drawing just shy of 400, where 18 months prior, they had a stronger audience of 1,100. So what do you think is happening here with Ring of Honor? A lack of building stars? Are people, uh, their minds going to other companies? Is Ring of Honor going to be a casualty of AEW? I mean, it, it, it's very noticeable. There's going to be a lot of casualties. Yeah. It's AEW. You know, um, Joe and John both really got into this, too, talking about it. But AEW is going to cause a lot of casualties for the smaller federations, the smaller promotions out there. You know, ROH, obviously, once upon a time, a giant among the independents. 
um, those days are kind of behind them. They don't have the same kind of allure that they did back in the the uh, mid to uh, early to mid to late two thousands. Yeah. So I, I I think everything ebbs and ebbs and flows, you know. And I think that this is the time that uh, ROH is kind of going to peter out. Hopefully not permanently, and maybe they'll find something to help them rise up again. But for right now, this is what it is, you know. Yeah, they don't have really many big names there, do they, Mesh? Not not really. I mean, they got the Briscoes, who are well-known, but not exactly a big draw. I mean, they got Bubba Ray Dudley. They have, uh, what's that, uh, Allure with Velvet Sky and her little crew there of the beautiful people, uh, what they formerly called the beautiful people. Uh, they don't really have a lot of names at all, actually. You know, So, again, you think they can bounce back or, or, or casualty to the point of, dissolving these promotions these, these i don't know must be going out of business I, I i honestly don't know i mean there's there's a lot of other things that are in factor right now too i mean you know who knows nwa needs to bolster their roster and they've worked closely with roh before in the past who knows who knows where that stands too? Thing, i think a, a team up where literally blend these two companies together which i think they obviously well, the work well together. Thing about the nwa that a lot of people aren't really recognizing is they think that nwa is an individual company that stands by itself. But I'm like, right. no, the strong times of the NWA was when there were territories, mm-hmm. when there were different promotions working under the the brand. And so sometimes just recently, I, I've really been thinking about that a lot. And I actually just got uh, the 10 pounds of gold, the three disc set. Or oh, you got the, it? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got that in my uh, mailbox waiting for me right now. I'm going to watch that, but I really think that there's more to it. And I would really hope, and I don't know if it would work in 2019. Nobody does, but I would really hope that there would be a way for all of these smaller promotions to unite under a bigger banner. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't know the days of the territories. Could the territories rise back up? Probably not, but I can hope so. Well, if you remember mission, I mean, you were watching Russell, a young, a young, very young Mish back then. But in 1988, with Super Clash, they teamed up the AWA right. with uh, the USWA and right. with Memphis, the CWA. And it wasn't very successful. And they had Kerry Von Erich and Jerry Lawler on top of the card and all the, all the people who weren't with the WWF at the time. And this is 1988. And, uh, half of, and I, it was in Chicago, Mish. Right. And it was uh, very badly attended. It didn't get very good reviews, and it didn't work. And basically what it was is there were too many uh, chefs and not enough cooks in the kitchen. Sure. You know, you had Jerry Jarrett. You had Vern Gagne at the time. You had Jerry Lawler. Everybody wanted to be in charge and think what was best for the for the brand. And, I, you know, you got Billy Corgan in the NWA. He's a, who's a wrestling guy? I mean, what do you think of Corgan? You got respect for him? You like him? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. me too. And you think, like, we're working with uh, – the Ring of Honor guys. I mean, they, they're going to have to do something. I think a team up is inevitable. Well, but people are Rob telling me that the NWA, out. yeah, they're saying they had a falling out this summer. Rob right. Ticker is telling me, but yeah, they, and they I've seen that before. Patch that up. They can always patch that up. Money fixes a lot of that too. Come on, let's be honest. Money and desperation. <laughs> well, okay, desperation too. But <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about personal issues. It's not like you know, right. Billy fucking spit on the ground in front of somebody. You know, it's it's not like that. It, the, the reality is, is a lot of these issues are probably, you know, cause our own money. Because let's not forget, Nick Aldis even came out a few weeks ago yeah. to pretty much confirm everything that Joey was saying that nobody wanted to listen to. Not PW Torch, not any of these other sites where Joey was pretty much saying that this is an ROH show. All In was an ROH show. And Nick Aldis came out and said, yeah, uh, ROH pretty much ran all in. 
And so it's like that, that stuff gets kind of forgotten. But if you really want to look at it like that, ROH just had one of the most successful shows on in the history of the independence in the U S in a long fucking time. Yeah. So from them to go to that to this, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think that a lot of it's uh, a lot of financial issues at the moment. People wondering where they're getting paid. People wondering where the money's coming from. These are issues that are uh, obviously, you know, the reason to continue doing shows or not continue. Well, here's the other thing. If WWE and AEW smell blood in the water, can they just uh, pillage these rosters and what are they going to really fight for? I mean, if they want to steal the Briscoes, they could steal the Briscoes, couldn't they at this point? I mean, how much money does Ring of Honor? I mean, I know they got money, but uh, how much do you hold on? That's the whole thing, holding on to the guys that they got that are worth anything or maybe saying, hey, you know, maybe we should be going to one of the big two here. What are we doing over here? Wrestling, oh, I mean, wrestling in front of 260 people. What are we doing? If if you're believing anything that's been said over the last few years, you know, Billy Corgan has a 20-year plan. Okay. And this is a meticulous 20-year plan. And everything right now is going according to his 20-year plan. So some of it you have to at least believe that these guys have the wherewithal to know what's going to happen next with these, these smaller promotions and to know the next direction that they're going to take in order to better themselves and their company. But at the same time, you don't know. You don't know how badly people are suffering. You don't know how badly these these companies are doing other than seeing things like their attendance having only, what was it, 200 people? You know, so yeah, two, two, 300 people on average across the uh, states where where a year ago they were doing a thousand. Right. Big drop off. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Speaking of uh, uh, some uh, bad news, I guess, for AEW. Well, it is bad news for AEW, bad news for John Moxley, because the story broke on, uh, I guess, Friday. So uh, Moxley, of course, announced on Twitter. Uh, over the weekend that he pulled out of his match with Kenny Omega at the upcoming AEW All-Out pay-per-view event due to a serious case of MRSA in his elbow. Mish, what do you know about MRSA? Uh, not much, man. Uh, isn't yeah. it like another form of uh, the same shit that CM Punk had? Uh, pretty much, yeah. It's, uh, they have to drain the, what was it, the bursar sack in the elbow? And, you you know. need like Z-packs and shit. <laughs> oh, big, big uh, antibiotic. Well, it's a surgical procedure and then big antibiotic regimen. And I'm kind of not scoffing, but just people like, oh, in two weeks he'll be back. Do we know that for a fact? It seems a little two weeks. He can sprain his ankle, you know. So I, I don't know about that. I don't know about two weeks. Everyone's saying, all right, even if he's not back in two weeks, he'll be ready for for the uh, first TV show. I hope he is. I mean, I just don't know. These things can, uh, you know, the same thing that bring up my buddy Al Perez. That's what ruined Al Perez's career, as a matter of fact. Mitch. I don't know if you know that. He had a big infection. His elbow blew up to a ball. He had several surgeries. He kept getting infections, spread to his heart, and he had to retire. So hopefully it doesn't happen to Moxley. But those infections are pretty serious. For people just saying it's nothing, show me your medical degree because that's not what I heard. Uh, four to six weeks. Yeah, but it depends on if he if the med- medication kicks in. People are now uh, giving me their medical opinions <laughs> on everything. We do have an MD, though, Mish, in the chat room, by the way. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's legit. Though. Is it Britt Baker? It. I'm going to take it. Brit, Dr. Britt Baker is joining us. Nice. I don't know if you knew him, but she is a doctor. Uh, but what do you think about Moxley pulling out? What do you think about his replacement, Pac, uh, for Kenny Omega match? I don't think people are going to be happy about that. I know a lot of people like Pac. But what do you what do you think, Mesh? Adequate everyone's saying a very adequate replacement. He's on the I don't no, think no. Pac is on the level of John Moxley. I don't Not think so. Right. That's what I'm saying. People aren't going to be happy about that. They have to understand, obviously, 
But people aren't going to be, oh, it's Pac, that's even better. Who the fuck wanted to see John? Nobody's, <laughs> Nobody's fucking saying that. Well, you know, the guys who are really, really into AEW are loving that Pac is, is coming back because he left briefly because shoe anymore. Um, and listen, he, uh, he's yet to show if he can be the superstar we think he could be, Pac, in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone blames, oh, WWE misused him. Okay, well, let's see. They'll use him now, and let's see if he becomes that star that everybody says he could be. It's a little lacking in the personality department. I mean, yeah, he played the good villain in that evil look and the wet hair, and it looks like a like a sick elf. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he's, got, if he's the star that everyone makes him out to be. He'll get his opportunity, I guess, against Kenny Omega and right. see what happens. And I'm sure I'm... I'm most positive he's probably going to put Kenny Omega over. Wouldn't you think that match? He's not going to win. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good match. I mean, no doubt about it. But like I said, okay. you're, you're, if you went there, if you paid for your tickets to go see John Moxley, and now you're told this information yeah. just a few weeks out that uh, Pac is going to be the replacement, yeah, you're probably a little disheartened. Because let's not kid ourselves, John Moxley is probably a big reason that a lot of people wanted to go see this at AEW. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, he, I, I think AEW is the sum of its all, all parts put together. I don't think it's one guy drawing stuff. I don't? don't Jericho, no. I believe I it's, think all, it it's the whole shebang. It's the whole no. shebang. It's no, the there's, shebang. there's only a few guys that really carry weight in that company. Right Dude, Marco now. Stunt is not selling tickets. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see him get on that basketball net and that they waited for him to get up there and then they took the, they took the fall? What the hell is that all about? Does anybody really believe that Marco Stunt is drawing people in? No, nah, I'm just kidding. Come on. I, I, that's what I'm saying. But the, yeah, you got Jericho, you got Omega, you got John Moxley, Young Bucks, Cody, you got the Young Bucks, and it starts thinning out really quick from there. MJF is a fantastic up and comer. I'm he's not, not a draw yet. Yeah, he's not a draw right, yet. but he's not at the level where people are like fuck. I gotta see MJF. Mish, would you say give him a year and MJF, Luchasaurus, and uh, Jungle Boy will be draws in a year or two? Those three. You want me to say that? No, like no. A, would you would you say those are three budding stars for that company? I mean, I'll say it if you tell me to say it, but I'm not. No, you don't think so? you don't think so? No. M- MJF, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. You don't think those are the three best young prospects? MJF is the only one out of those three that I can. Oh, see. you don't think Jungle Boy because they're including no. him in everything? I know because his father's famous and passed away, but I think they they think this guy has something. Okay. And Luchasaurus, <laughs> Luchasaurus, you don't think that's a good gimmick? Is going to get over big? Uh, no. I, I don't look forward to it. When I watch it, I'm not looking for Luchasaurus. I'm not looking for Jungle Boy. These are not the characters I'm watching AEW for. You know? Well, they're better about- than Marco Stunt and Orange Cassidy. I'll put my money on uh, Luchasaurus. I'd rather watch Hangman Page. I think Hangman Page has a lot of potential. I think he's a good guy. You know, he's a good up and coming. What is he? Who is he? What is he? What do you mean? What is he? He's he comes in the ring. He he comes in the ring. He's like a Bradshaw, like Justin Hawk Bradshaw with a hangman noose around his neck. He's a cowboy. What is he? What's his gimmick? I don't get Southern. it. Yeah, he's Southern. He's a cowboy. No, you know what I'm saying. He's from Virginia. He's from Virginia. So hmm. I, I don't I don't get the Texas thing. You know, know, you don't know about the the Wild West and. In Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> I know Virginia is for lovers, Mitch. Right. I know that's their bumper sticker. And Too I've Sweet been, is I've bringing been, up. I've been, to, I've been to Virginia before. Too Sweet is bringing up. What about the Yoshi matches? Don't you like those? Oh, I absolutely love those. But I'm not seeing that as being a long-term investment for AEW. I, I don't know. I just have that feeling. Look, Aja Kong isn't going to be there full-time. Mm-hmm. You know, And Amazing Kong, supposedly she's signed on, but I don't know how long her contract is going to be for like I, I don't know there are certain people i look at that are in the company right now that i see like oh these guys are going to be the ones that are going to be 
kind of for you know the, the future of AEW. These are going to be the guys who are going to stick around and be the cornerstones for the company. As far as the women go, I, I don't know. I mean, Brandy Rhodes is out there talking about she's been skating her whole life and she can't wait to get her hands on the championship. So, ah, yeah, you know what I mean. The women's division isn't. It has so much potential, but I, I don't really know what they're doing with it. It just feels so in, in the back. And right now, everything that needs to be focused on right now is the main roster, the main belt, the main title, the show. Yeah. You know, and you're not going to do that with Orange Cassidy and Luchasaurus. You know, so probably not. But uh, well, speaking of AEW, uh, it's been confirmed. We talked about it last week because we weren't sure exactly where he stood because of his MLW commitments. But uh, they have, as of August 26th. They have confirmed that they have signed commentator Tony Schiavone to a full-time multi-year agreement. Good for um, him. Yeah. And uh, he, he joins the broadcast team of Jim Ross and Excalibur. And Schiavone will also serve as a senior producer for all AEW events. So cool. You like Schiavone? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my God. Tony the Silver Tongue Schiavone. That's what they call him behind the scenes. That sounds kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, did you know Cody Rhodes is actually intrigued with Vince McMahon putting NXT up against AEW? Oh, t- 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 stop. <laughs> Just stop. Come on. <laughs> He's, Mish, it's in quotes, oddly intrigued with Vince McMahon is playing for NXT coming up. Who did you read that from? Fucking Satin? It's all over the place, Mish. It's everywhere. Dude, look, I really believe WWE posted a counter thing to that. Pretty much saying, you know, NXT has been in the same time slot for fucking years. Mm-hmm. Why don't you ask AEW why they're putting their show up against ours? I like that. Yeah. I saw, yeah, I saw that. Uh, Deadspin, they posted the article, yeah, with the WWE. But they didn't say who the spokesman was. And you find that odd, Mish? No, because it was probably somebody who has a name. And they're like, yeah, don't put my name on this. But here, why don't you think that, of this? That is true, though, Mish. Good point, right? And a good comeback line, really, when you think about it. Uh, they're on for five years. Uh, now they can say, well, that was WWE Network. doesn't matter. They still have a Wednesday Same night time slot. Right? People tune in every damn week for it, you know? But a- and AEW is like, why are they going two hours? Why? I mean, listen, we know that Vince is trying to be competitive. And this is a, a purposeful move. But again, uh, it is the third brand. They're not putting Raw SmackDown up against them. They're putting their third tier up against them. People seem to forget that. This is the minor league farm system that they're putting against AEW. So is that a compliment or is that a, uh, is that a fair comparison? Or they actually, that's guess, what McMahon's think of them. I guess it depends on which flag you wave, depending on if it's a compliment or not. Which flag do you wave, Mish? Uh, probably the NXT one. I want NXT to succeed. I, I really enjoy the product. I, I don't think there's been too many shows that I've watched of NXT that hasn't been uh, entertaining and, and exciting to watch. You know? Well, Mish, we got Don, Don, Don Tony's word on this because I remember him saying it, so I can quote him. Uh, he says he's going to watch AEW and then watch the replay of NXT sure. the next day. What is your plan? Yeah, sure. I'll, of Same course, I'm going to watch the AEW show first. Absolutely. This is... Yeah. This is the, going to be a breakout. And you know what? I will say that you know that NXT is going to pull out all the stops for their first show, too. Um, I might actually do the old school uh, channel flipping. One of those. Oh, oh you Remember might those? do WCW, WWF? Oh, might actually have to use the uh, the last button on my remote control for once. The last button? <laughs> it's been a long time, hasn't it, Mish? Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't think it was a given that every 
podcaster. I mean, even all of us, the five of us, I mean, you know, everyone gets free to do what they want to do. As sure, long as they, they watch both shows and cover both shows on, on our show. Even if you don't watch all the shows, if you're watching any aspect of, of the new wrestling coming around the corner, why not? Everything is good. Dude, Wow is coming back. I already I got that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you like women's wrestling, I know that there's a lot of people that don't, but there are a lot of people that do. If you like women's wrestling, wow. Season two is coming on board on access television. So. Very nice. Uh, I want to shout out uh, the rest of our associate producers, the people who help keep the lights on. Uh, D-Boy Gentleman, Ernesto Defenza, Timothy Keel, Kane Shaw, Jeffrey Collins, James Mills, Cockboy, Jay Smoody, Tom Bofa, Joseph Nyakuk, uh, Nico Time, Michael Rhino, Paul Convoy, Adam Demoy. We got to speak to Adam on the phone the other day. We had a nice conversation out in Florida. Uh, Billy Taylor, Hashim Al-Hashimi, Brent Webster, Aaron Kloss, Alton Ahia, Anthony Smith, James Gruesome, Mark Israel, Bobo Max, CJ Uhura, Crestman, James Deal, Switchblade, Courtney Summers, Diago Nobre, John Coffey, Tim Everhart, Andrew914, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Meryl J. Combs Jr., Douglas McKay, Keith Lee, James Farmer, John Garcia, Mad Dog No Good, Larry Trailer, Tommy Pekeski, Zach Spoonamore, Chris Lumina, Rich Mahard, Julian LeBlanc, Big Red, uh, Big Red Brendan Rice, Carbuto, aka Cheese and Rice, Spider Lewin, Isaac Metaphor Fox, Rob McCabe, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. And Mish, if you have the list, you want to shout out our sponsors? Let me see. Let me pull up the list here. Sorry about that. That's okay. No, I don't have the list, Kev. Oh, you don't have the list? Okay. I, don't have I, will, the list, I will shout them out and I will do it. Pretend I'm Mitch and I'm doing it. Oh, okay, right. Kev, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Texas Podcast Massacre, an awesome horror film theme podcast. Been on there several times. Uh, shout out to those dudes. Love going on there with those guys. I'll be back again probably in a month or two. Uh, Shoot the Defense for soccer fans. Uh, excellent podcast talking soccer by the fans for the fans. Their Twitter is at shoot the defense and hold on a second there was another note here um they have a patreon too which is a show for two dollars a month so you can look for them on patreon once again that shoot the defense and access of course listeners like here will have access to shows that aren't available on any other platform and it goes back to about 2013 that show so check it out also check out rocked reviews very unique and entertaining music theme podcast its youtube channel is rocked reviews the Sneaker Attic, our boy DJ Dells. Who doesn't love DJ Dells, Mesh? Name one person. You can't. Yeah, DJ yeah. Dells did a funny little bit uh, with Ryback the other day. Oh, he did, yeah. But yeah, shout out to Dells. He sent me the link. And Ryback was playing uh, a mark and with hair and acting all goofy and getting all excited when Dells dropped the wrestler's name. It was really, really funny. You can check that out on YouTube. He has a YouTube channel, The Sneaker Attic. Uh, Element Shah was a displayed store with pop culture artwork and everything. Very cool. Got to check that out. Sub-Zero Comics, uh, wrestling comics and pop culture collectibles. Crisis in the Toyverse podcast. It's got a YouTube channel, Undercover Capes. Your Best Bargains, LLC. They have an Amazon store and an eBay store. And Raul Roma's House of Cards, pro wrestling cards, vintage packs, and more, all on eBay. Still buy stuff from eBay, Mish? Yeah, all the time, man. Yeah, I know. Like I the keyboard? Keep, I was just, I was going to promote the keyboard. I was I was setting you up, Mish. <laughs> <laughs> Mish, it's a hell of a keyboard, I got to tell you. Uh, straight from eBay, dude. It's straight from eBay, man. eBay, you know, eBay's, eBay's still uh, in effect. 
Chinese, the, the, the most finest Chinese craftsmanship that eBay can sell. Is it? Yeah, it is. I saw the, the craftsmanship was amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but, uh, Mish, did you know that The Rock is officially the highest paid star in Hollywood? Yeah. Did you That's know that? Awesome. No, I didn't. I know it's his last season of Ballers, though. That starts this Sunday. I watched, I watched the uh, premiere last night. Do you watch Ballers? Yeah, I watched the first couple seasons. I got to catch up, but the first yeah, two seasons. Pretty- Great. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, you got to catch up. Last night was, uh, and now he's being poised to be able to own a team and stuff like that. I mean, he's he's always he's always in some sort of trouble, as you know, Mitch. That mischievous rock always getting into it and the ball is. Uh, but it's a, it's a good show. It's a real good show. It's the last season, and his ex wife actually, Mark Wahlberg, is the producer. Uh, Danny, uh, his mm. former wife. So, yeah, it's a real good show. I like it. Rock, rock is just all over the place. You don't even know how this guy has the time of day to do anything because it just seems like he's got his hand in everything. But, uh, yeah, former WWE champion Dwayne The Rock Johnson has topped the Forbes list of highest-earning celebrities in Hollywood. Rock made his film debut, as everybody remembers, in 2001's The Mummy Returns. He's been a constant high earner in cinema, thanks to his work in various franchises, including The Fast and the Furious and, of course, Jumanji. The list by Forbes reveals that the Brahma Bull earned an estimated $90 million, Mish, between June 2018 and June 2019. Mish, what the fuck? Dude, that's fantastic. 90 million. Dude, a, a former wrestler. Think of the concept of that. One of us. One of our people. Uh, you want to hear that? Want to hear the top 10 list, Mish? And how much well, people yeah, make? Yeah, let's go for it. Number 10 is Will Smith makes $35 million. Paul Rudd, number nine, $41 million. Wow, Rudd makes more than Smith. I guess Smith's stock went down, didn't it, Mish? Over the years. Uh, Chris Evans, Captain America, makes $43.5 million. Adam Sandler still at the fifty-seven million mark. What the fuck is that? Where does Adam Sandler had a hit movie in the decade? He's been doing a lot of Netflix shit, hasn't he? Yeah. Have you watched any of that stuff? Yeah. Bradley Cooper. This guy I figured to see on the list. I saw him in The Mule the other day with Clint Eastwood. What a great film! Did you see that yet, Mish? Mish? No, I've seen The Mule. Got to check it out. Yeah. yeah. Definitely check it out. Ninety-year-old Clint Eastwood, still the fucking man. Uh, Bradley uh, is making $57 million. He's tied with Adam Sandler at number six. At number five, Jackie Chan, $58 million. Wow. Again, haven't seen Jackie Chan in anything in years. Uh, well, he's still doing his own stunts when he carries his uh, big sack of money to the bank. Jesus so. Christ. Do you know this actor? And maybe chat room help me out. Uh, Akshay Kumar, $65 million. Does anybody in the chat room know who that is? I have no idea who that is. Do you know who that is, Mish? No, I don't. I don't know either. Uh, number three, Robert Downey Jr., sixty-six million. Number two, Chris Hemsworth, uh, seventy-six point four million. And of course, number one, Wayne, Wayne the Dwayne the Rock Johnson, eighty-nine point four million. Hmm. Almost ninety million bucks in a one-year period, Mish. Wow! If you put every podcaster together, Mish, we wouldn't yeah. equal a slither of that. Akshay Kumar is a Canadian Bollywood actor. Oh, is that who that is? Okay. Thank you, by the way, uh-huh. Jackie Chan. I haven't oh, seen a Jackie Chan film in 15 years. The jadis pick of uh, Adam Sandler in girls' clothes. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Steve Austin is set to return on WWE television again very soon. WWE has announced Steve Austin for an up-and-coming episode of Monday Night Raw. Stone Cold will be on hand to raise some hell when Monday Night Raw comes to New York City's Madison Square Garden on September 9th. Uh, combination individual tickets uh, for the back-to-back Raw and SmackDown live shows are available now at Ticketmaster. I uh, think it'll sell out, Mish, with uh, now announcing Austin at the Garden. 
I hope so. I mean, yeah, you think there's a lot of people that want to go see Steve Austin, especially uh, back inside the ring. But, you know, uh, once again, speculation. Not really sure. Well, this I didn't realize until reading it now, and you just realize how much time goes by so fast. The last time when that Raw took place at MSG uh, was November 16, 2009, featuring John Cena and The Undertaker versus Triple H and Shawn Michaels of Degeneration X, uh, also against Chris Jericho on the big show of Jericho Show in a triple uh, threat tag team match. Wow, it was 2009. Shit. I thought they were in the go- – well, I guess, yeah, not for Raw. They had the house show there. So that's interesting. Wow. So, yeah, I guess with Austin, I guess that's a boost to ticket sales. Type of thing. Getting old, Kev. <laughs> Mish. <laughs> Mish, let me tell you something. Edge isn't the only one who ducks his mirror every day, okay? Uh, but uh, anything else, Mish? We're almost running completely on time here. No, I thought there was a little bit of good karma, though. Um, if you guys didn't yeah. check it out, uh, Enzo – uh, visited yes. a uh, uh, you know a special fan and stuff like that, and came out with some sneakers and stuff, and put a fucking beautiful smile on her face. And I thought it was some good karma. You know, it was nice to see somebody out there doing that. You know, just one of the people, and uh, just trying to make kids happy. You know, and and they were you know going through his catchphrases and everything else like that. And she was just absolutely excited to see him. You know, yeah, I, I thought it was a jump, kind of a yeah, cool she one. was jumping up and down. Yeah, we got tagged on that. Uh, Didn't get so too much coverage that. through wrestling media sites because it's Enzo, so immediately he's the bad guy. But I thought it was kind of cool to watch that, and it was it was kind of nice to know that you know, at the end of the day, your real fans, you know, from the smallest up, don't really give a shit about any of that hyperbole, you know, and they're just happy to see him. So, a guy who. Uh, again, give Draper a little bit of credit, and you guys too on the soup, all you guys actually. Uh, Enzo unjustly fired. No one really talks about it anymore because he's rubbed some people the wrong way. He's done some stupid things, but he does some good things too. The guy was over. The guy does have a fan base. We saw this nice side of him uh, yesterday, and I gave him his accolades too. I said, you know, everything on the side, uh, a guy who can get a reaction out of a little kid like that and uh, should be embraced and admired for it. So I, I meant what I said. I know you guys did too, because you know Enzo does his thing, rubs people the wrong way, but he does some things the, the right way. And I guess treating fans, uh, taking care of the kids, and and using his star power for a good thing. Again, everyone's got their good and bad qualities, but when we really get right down to it, Mish, you know, we'll wrap this up with this. Uh, the guy was really unjustly fired, totally. and probably will be in the annals of history a guy who definitely did not get a fair shake. And because we all have attention deficit, not us per se, but wrestling fans, when we move on from a story, no one seems to care about that anymore. Well, it's agendas. A lot of these yeah. fucking wrestling news sites have agendas and stuff like yeah. that. And when it was, came out that Gucci Witch was, you know, lying and her friend even called her out as a liar and eventually everything fell through. And Enzo went, you know, me, social media dark as per orders from his lawyer because his lawyer was the only one that even made a tweet out of his account for months there. You know, like people speculated and they just let it die and nobody really rushed to his side besides some of us, you know, but that, that gets overlooked at the end of the day. Enzo's a good guy. He's an innocent guy. You know, he made a, a, a bad mistake, a, a bad choice when it comes to, to a woman. Yep. He's not the first guy to, uh, won't be the last mistake. Right. And he won't be the last. And, you know, unfortunately he had to pay the price and the price was his career. The price, know, was, the price was his career. Do you think um, some company and, and, and not he didn't do anything like it, I think, to get a job or anything like that. But do you think the company will see it and say, you know what, 
this guy's over. We can maybe do something with him, whether it's even Ring of Honor or AE or MLW or somebody. I am kind of surprised that companies like AEW and, and even NWA. I'm surprised that these yeah, companies. Yeah, NWA, yeah, Bill Corgan, snatch him up. I really am. But at the same time, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. I don't know if he has a hectic schedule or he's not really looking to get back in the ring per se. You know, I mean, obviously he had a little back and forth uh, in ROH not too long ago, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where his head is at for that. You know, for the most part, it seems like he's enjoying himself making music. He's already dropped, what, three LPs now? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, right on point, Mish, uh, where we need to be, right? On time? Perfect. Uh, perfect. Uh, we'll say this. Uh, DT right now, 50-50 for tomorrow night for uh, extra. Sure. Uh, if not, maybe Mish will come in. Mish will uh, take care of that if you're around, Mish. Uh, we'll okay. see. Tomorrow, I have a Frank and Gus show okay. uh, during the uh, early afternoon, which will go live, obviously, for the WS Patreons uh, here on Discord. I'm also going to do a kind of a shoot show with okay. Julian Cannon, talking a little bit more in depth about podcasting and stuff like that. Totally something I don't I don't usually do the missionary position very often. I think the last one I did was actually 2018, so I don't do them well, very that's often. Very, that's very personal, mission. Well, it's I once again, I'm... I'm not the on-air host like you guys are, you know. But uh, okay, if, there, if that doesn't overlap or anything else like that, then yeah, of course, sure, I'll okay. I'll come well, we'll see how DT feels. No rush for him to get back. You know, we all cover for each other here when we got things going on. So let him heal up. That's most important. So shout out to DT. Feel better, uh, Mish. Thank you very much as always. Always a pleasure working with you. Anytime I can get to work with you, sure. Man. And uh, shout out to Joey Numbers, Draper, Trez. Speaking of Trez, I'll be. Back with Trez on Thursday for Dark Chronicles. Okay, so check that out on Thursday. And Mish, of course, Wrestling Soup this coming Thursday night, as usual. Absolutely. See you guys. Soup will be on. All right, everybody. Thank you again. Everybody have a great night and uh, peace to all. Take it easy. See ya. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com.